Inspiring South Africans from Heather DeWitt's in Hart Bay, Cape Town, South Africa. The show featuring formidable South Africans who are doing it with purpose and focused on the healing of the people on the planet. And my next guest I welcome to the show is Tina Boerter of the Sunflower Fund. The Sunflower Fund was born due to personal tragedy and loss. Tina, can you tell us how you found out that Chris had leukemia and take us through this journey? Uh, yes, hi Heather. Um, my son was diagnosed uh, 14 years, no, actually more than that, right back in 1997 um, at the age of 14 with acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Um, and at that point, I needed to have a bone marrow transplant Um, and at that stage in South Africa they were not doing unrelated transplants at all. Um, He had to have an autologous transplant and he went through three months of incredible chemotherapy and eventually went through the bone marrow transplant in around 98 but sadly relapsed um, a year later and at this stage had to have what is called a matched unrelated transplant. And we needed a donor, and we had to find one on the South African Bone Marrow Registry. But there were only about 600 donors on the registry at that stage. So it was almost impossible to find a donor for Chris. Um, and the reality is for, for many South Africans, if you have a sort of overseas ancestry, if your grandparents came from Germany or France or somewhere else, there's a likelihood of you finding a matching donor on one of those registries. But for a lot of our patients you're only going to find one here. And in particular for our black and colored patients, it's critical that we build up the the genetic um, database here. So, you know, Chris, unfortunately, even though we searched the whole world at that stage, we battled to find a donor. And then at the last minute, they found one in KZN and he underwent another bone marrow transplant. um, And again, went through a year of, the treatment, the recovery, um, and eventually was all right, and then suddenly relapsed again. So this is very unusual to have gone through three because he had to go for a third one, um, which happened in the year 2000. So it was a three-year journey that we went on and off with the family. Um, I was a single mom at the time with a 12-month-old baby when Chris was diagnosed, so I was juggling a, a baby, Chris, and a young daughter, And eventually he had the third transplant in 2000, um, was put in isolation and spent the entire period from April until September in complete isolation and just lost the battle on the 10th of September 2000. Um, His body just couldn't take it anymore. The, The amount of chemotherapy that he'd had was just too much. I don't think anybody can actually undergo three bone marrow transplants, but it was the only hope he had at that stage and... That's what we had to do. Hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Um, What age are patients generally diagnosed at, Tina? Uh, Absolutely any age. Um, 
you know, the leukemia is just one of the blood disorders. There are quite a few different life-threatening blood disorders from the leukemias to the lymphomas to the aplastic anemias. We have very, very young patients, little babies. It can really happen at any age. I would say 75% of our patients are probably under the age of 25, but there are also adult patients. Okay. Wow, that's incredible. Um, now, let's, let's go to your, uh, the Sunflower Fund. Uh, why did you start the Sunflower Fund and what inspired the name? Can you just take us uh, through, through you know, how it all happened for you? Well, initially, back in, in 1997, um, it wasn't called the Sunflower Fund. We were called the Chris Collett Bone Marrow for Africa Foundation. And essentially, we were trying to find a donor for Chris because there weren't enough donors on the registry and there was nothing anybody could do. So we had to start recruiting donors. So we started awareness campaigns. We started doing publicity to get donors to come forward. We had friends answering telephones. It was a whole long process. And eventually this developed into the um, Sunflower Fund. The You know, when, when Chris passed away, I, I continued to do this. The main thing was that we hadn't vaguely reached our goal. We, we'd set out to recruit donors of all ethnic groups in South Africa and our target was to get to 100,000 at least. And we, you know, we still weren't there. So it wasn't a case of just giving up because Chris had passed away. It was a case of we still hadn't achieved it. And there were many other people needing donors. And there would be many other people in the future needing donors. So it's just something that we, we had to do was continue. And the organization uh, changed from being in the name of an individual, being my son, into the Sunflower Fund, which came out of a painting that he had done. Um Chris was very artistic, um, very unusual child, very creative and, and artistic. And he painted a painting called Sunflowers of Hope. And he said that donors joining the registry were giving people like himself hope. And he wanted to sow, help us sow the seeds of hope. And he painted the original in isolation the year that he died. And copies of it now hang transplant units around South Africa, Australia, New Zealand. And you know, our job is to continue spreading the seeds of hope educating the world and recruiting donors and ultimately saving more lives of future patients suffering from any of the life-threatening blood disorders who may need a life-saving bone marrow transplant. Well, that's such a beautiful story in and around the painting that he did. I remember that so well. Now, um, how dire is the need for more donors, Tina? The need for donors is, is an ongoing process. I think what a lot of people don't understand is that you know they think if we recruit a certain amount of donors then we're happy we've built our database and we've got donors it doesn't work like that because it's a living registry so donors are recruited between the age of 18 and 45 they have to be at that age they've got to be in excellent health with no history of hiv or hepatitis um, they ideally need to uh, weigh over 50 kilos and the most, most important thing for any donor joining is that they committed, committed to help anyone. So often people only wake up when somebody close to them is diagnosed and then everybody wants to join for that particular person. Um, and I think my appeal to people and, and anybody listening is don't wait until somebody close to you is diagnosed because often it's too late. Um, you know, we all need to consider becoming a donor. We all need to join a registry and help build it. It's a, it's a state asset. It's a worldwide asset because donors are used from all different registries. And, you know, honestly, people just need to, to join because when donors turn 60, they automatically come off the registry. So you're constantly recruiting new people on and older people are going off. So it's an, it's an ongoing 
need and it's something that will continue forever. I mean, there are registries all over the world, much, much bigger than ours, some smaller than ours, and um, all the registries share their data with one another to try and find the best matches possible for patients. We've had patients in America that have used South African donors and vice versa. And ultimately, it's it's just a worldwide project of everybody becoming a bone marrow donor. And once you're on the registry, at least you're giving somebody the opportunity. If you're not on the registry, you can never be that matching donor and you can never save a life. So, yeah, people need to, to just do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I believe you won some awards worth mentioning. Can you tell us about those, please? Oh, uh, yeah. The, those, <laughs> they just... Uh, two years ago, I won the, the Shop Checkers Women of the Year Award um, for health, for the work we do. Yes, I remember that. That's wonderful. Congratulations. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, I know a few awards like that. But I think, you know, for me, the, the awards aren't the important part. The, the important part is the, getting the message out there and for people to, you know, make a difference. Uh, we, we're tr- doing our bit to make a difference. But I'd like everybody, I think, just to stop for a minute and think about what they would do if it was somebody close to them. You know, if your child or your brother or sister was diagnosed with leukemia, you'd want to be sure there was a donor available to help save their lives. And we we just appeal to people to call us and register as donors. They can call us on 0800-121082. They can visit our website, which is www.sunflowerfund.org.za. All the information is there. Patient stories are there. And, um, yeah, just make, make that difference, please. Okay. Well, um, you know, um, I think what I'll do here is, is um, I'm going to end our conversation here and then I will, I will go over to Taryn. Um, and so thank you very much for all that, that, that information. And I wish you onwards and upwards in the wonderful work that you're doing globally. It's such a necessary thing. And thank you so much for your time, Tina. Oh, thank you, Heather. It's an absolute pleasure. You know, the more we can get this out to more people, the more chance we have of saving more lives, and ultimately that's all we want to do. Again, and here I'm bringing in Taryn Corlett, um, uh, who is the daughter of Tina Buerta, and she's going to tell us more about the Sunflower Foundation. And so here I welcome Taryn. Hello, Taryn. Hi, Heather. Thanks for having me. Yay. So can you tell us, about your personal journey with the Sunflower Fund and when and how old were you when you got involved and what you're doing today with it? Well, Heather, initially I, um, when my brother was diagnosed, I was only 12 years old. And, um, you know, I had to take on the, the mothering role of looking after my one-year-old younger brother at that stage because my mom was obviously at the hospital for three years and looking after Chris. And, um, yeah, I ended up finishing school, going through to Stellenbosch University, where I studied um, psychology, funny enough. And in 2009, um, that's when I officially joined the Sunflower Fund and just started assisting with their um, their national funding and getting involved in some of their national PR and marketing. And actually, just very recently, officially on Monday, I was um, appointed the new CEO of the Sunflower Fund. So it's been a fantastic journey for me. Well, well done. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, well, I mean, you, you're the right girl for the job. I know we've had, we've had long chats before. Mm. And, and now I just wanted to know, and I know it costs an, um, a, an awful lot of money to, to, to pay for the expensive DNA tissue type testing. How, how do you actually 
do the fundraising. And I know there are many, many um, events that you have, but just, just take yeah. us through this. Well, yes. I mean, it, it costs the Sunflower Fund 2,000 Rand for every donor that we put on the registry. So um, we have various events um, uh, arranged throughout South Africa. Um, our biggest one is actually National Bandana Day, which is celebrated officially on the 12th of October. But our campaign launches from the 15th of August. And this is this was actually a day that my it was one of the ideas that my brother came up with when he was sick, and he he just thought it would be amazing if everybody could just spend a day showing their solidarity towards patients who are suffering from leukemia, and um, just support them. You know, they they all lose their hair with chemotherapy treatments, and he used to sport his bandana all the time. So we just decided in his honor to actually create a national bandana day, and that's now on the. South African government's health calendar, and it, ra- it helps us raise millions every year. So there's, there's that that, um, that everybody can sort of stand by us and support that event and that campaign. But also smaller events around the regions in Gauteng, Cape Town, Durban, we've got lots happening on the go. Um, but Bandana Day, yeah, it's, it's one of the campaigns that is um, supported by our retail giant, uh, Pick and Pay, and Roundtable, and we have various media involved who um, who just come on board and give us a lot of airtime to help publicize the campaign. Oh, wonderful. Okay, now let's get back to the nitty-gritty of uh, explaining the importance of ethnic origin when, you, when searching for a matching donor. Yes, okay, well, I mean, ethnicity is extremely important. Um, if I can put it in really simple terms, you... When, when a patient is looking for their donor, they're essentially looking for their identical twin. That would be the absolutely best, most perfect match out there. So your ethnic origin obviously plays a vital role there. And um, unfortunately in South Africa, you know, we, we actually have the most beautiful rainbow nation here in the world. And yet we are lacking donors from our black colored and Indian ethnic backgrounds. So that is one thing we're working really hard now is to, to bust the myths and the stigmas and encourage people from, from those, those groups just to join the registry because we've got so many patients out there that are, that are literally waiting um, and holding their breath right now for, for a life-saving donor. Mm. Now, you know, are there any myths or stigmas around donating bone marrow stem cells? Absolutely. The biggest myth out there at the moment is that um, people think it is a very painful procedure, that they're going to drill into your bones and suck your bone marrow out. And <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean it, it, it would scare you the kind of stories we've heard. And it's, it's, it's really not that at all. Um, just initially to register with the Sunflower Fund and onto the registry, it's two test tubes of blood that is drawn from your arm. And that's all it takes to initially register. And if you are ever found to be a match for a patient one day, then you'll donate your stem cells, which is just a product of your blood. So they're going to collect it the same way they would um, uh, as they would blood, you know, um, via blood transfusion or exactly the same process as donating platelets. So as you can, you can hear, it's really not a, a painful procedure at all. It's, it's quite simple and it is giving somebody the gift of life. So I, I just think it's worthwhile and, and all it really takes is a bit of your time out of your day. Mm. Okay, so now, if somebody wants to become a bone marrow donor, for example, what are the general prerequisites in terms of their health situation? What, what, what does that have to be, the status there? Well, obviously, potential donors who, who want to register, they need to be 
in general good health um committed to helping anyone um, they must be between 18 and 45 years old and weigh over 50 kilograms with a bmi of less than 35 we we would love it even more if you're a blood donor but that's not vital if you aren't and um and just to know that you stay on the registry until you're 60 years old and um, you'll only ever, if you are found to be a match for a patient, you will be removed off the registry after that. So you'll only ever donate to one person once in your lifetime. Okay, right. Now, what is the process and how does one actually register to become a donor with you? Okay, well, the, the first step is to call the Sunflower Fund, which is 0800-1210-82. Or you can visit our website, www.sunflowerfund.org.za. And we will basically send you the donor information, which we require you to read first. Then you give us a call back and we'll actually register you while you're on the phone with us. We ask you a couple of questions, um, pretty much um, run through the criteria again, just to check that you do fit the criteria. And then we send you your form, um, and that form is what you take with you to your closest testing center, where you'll have the two test tubes of blood drawn. And those results are then analyzed and sent to the registry, and the registry are then in touch with you. They send you a donor card, and it's official. You're officially a potential bone marrow stem cell donor. Okay. Now, if you are a match, um, are there any costs involved for the donor? That's an important question. Absolutely not. There is no cost involved for the donor at all. It's it's all um, bared by the patient. And obviously, the Sunflower Fund bears the cost of the tissue typing test, um, the initial one, the two test tubes of blood, which costs the 2,000 rand. Um, but we do ask if anybody wants to donate towards that, they're welcome to. But otherwise, there, there's no cost involved. Okay. Now, um, you know, National Bandana Day, I think uh, I must commend your organization on the wonderful marketing they've done on that because I think everybody knows about Bandana Day and it, it's it's just kind of almost like an institution in South Africa and, and everybody knows what it represents and how yes. important it is, uh, in you know, uh, to, to support an organization like yours with with the massive amount of 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 this 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 condition prevailing yes. in South Africa in in you know right across our rainbow nation and and uh, you know it's very important that that this is this is actually put out there and and so now okay so bandana day is coming up have you got um you know you're doing a lot of other campaigns what is the background to the is there a specific a campaign for for this year besides National Bandana Day and what is it all about or any well, other ones you want to talk about I mean our, our campaign our theme for the for the Bandana Day campaign this year is is all about giving people a future so you know we've we've got um, we've got young children um, that have been utilized in the TV ads and babies actually who are who are talking directly to the public you know and talking about their journey being diagnosed and um, really just appealing for them to support the campaign and and then yeah by doing so by buying a bandana for only 25 rand you are essentially giving somebody a future so that's that's where we're heading with the campaign this year and we we are celebrating the day with various events as well so we, we've got um, bikers for bandanas where we get all the biker guys involved and they all come and join us on the day we've got people climbing mountains um you name it. We, we're going to have a banner going up with, in a helicopter. It's, you know, there's so much that's going to be happening on the day. And, and I mean, all I'm requesting is that you actually just wear your bandana on the day. <laughs> that's all you need to do. 
Wow, that's fantastic. Now, we've still got, uh, you know, 10 minutes. And so I would like you to think back on the time that you've been there and what has stood out for you. And, and really, it's amazing how your brother's spirit is living on in everything in this whole organization, what his vision was, his painting st- stood for. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's such a beautiful story. So can you share some of the, 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 the stories of people that you've enabled to, to get well through this over the years? Absolutely. Um, oh, are you still there? Yes. Okay, sorry, I lost you there. Um, yeah, Heather, you know, we, we've, we've met some incredible people along the way. Um, and I think, you know, before I, I list sort of specific individuals, I think it's been, it's been the most amazing thing to, to walk this journey with a lot of our patients who, you know, a lot of people turn to me and they say to me, gosh, I don't know how you do this job and you, you face so much every day and you, you see these people every day and, and, and like, how do you just, how do you do it? How do you deal with all these negative things all the time? And, and it's, it's actually the complete opposite, you know, our patients are the ones that inspire us. You know, they, they have the most incredible outlook on life. And it's, it's, it's completely inspiring for us to be around that. And we, we just, we just, I don't know, we, we flourish in it. And it's, it's a, a truly beautiful thing to see how the patients can be going through so much in their lives, but yet, um, spread so much joy and positivity and have this, this optimism about life, you know, and even though their, their odds are so stacked against them. And, um, so yeah, you know, I mean, one such, um, survivor that we have at the moment is Ray Funnel. And he is the most amazing man I've ever met. Um, he, he's basically challenged himself to climb all the summits in, in the world. Um, now, this is after he's had a transplant and a bone marrow transplant, and it's been a few years down the line. And, I mean, he has, he's climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. He's climbed all over the place. Um, this man does not stop. I've never met anybody with so much energy and, and that's what you're giving um, by becoming a donor. This is what you're giving patients, you know, you're giving them hope, you're giving them a longer life. You, you actually giving them the freedom to live life again, which um, yeah, I, it just, it makes my day. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I fully understand what you're saying about, about, you know, the patients. It, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I've watched so many people who've gone through incredible challenges health wise and they seem to get, the strength and, and, and the will to live from, from a source greater than themselves. And if they tap into it and really believe in it, it, it drives it and propels it forward in their, in their process of healing. You know, I think it's yes. got a lot to do with the mind and, and the mind's a very powerful thing. And, and, you mm-hmm. know, if you, it really, uh, you know, I understand that, that energy, if you in that space, it for yourselves, it, it helps you and propels and drives you forward to, to do more with and, and really feel that your worth your work is really worthwhile. It does. It absolutely does. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah. I, I know that, you know, I don't want to mention too many names of, 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 of organizations, um, but um, there must be another story now uh, of, you know, is there anything now you, you handling the marketing sides of things Um any other campaigns that you've got on your list that you want to just share with us? We've still got five minutes. Um, well, you know, we, we've got a lot, of, um, a lot of fun things coming up. You know, um, around the Bandana Day period, we, we ran competitions on our social media. So if anybody wants to come join us on Facebook and Twitter, it's, it's Sunflower Fun, so it's easy. And we're running campaigns about um, 
uh, pet competitions. So if you have a pet, no matter what it is, big, small, cat, dog, lizard, bird, um, all you need to do is tie, tie the new bandana around it, take a photo and load it on our social media. And we've got terrific um, prizes to be won. So that's definitely a fun one for everyone to enter. Everyone loves photos of their animals. So, and it doesn't cost you anything. Just get involved and have some fun with us. Um, but yeah, it, there is a requirement that it has to be the new bandana to qualify. And um, yeah, we, we have various events, um, another event happening at the Grand Cafe and Beach. This is pro- probably one of our biggest events in the Western Cape. Um, it's called Color Kaleidoscope, and this is going to be uh, an incredible event. Um, lots of our celebrity ambassadors will be attending, and um, the date of this is the 2nd of October. So, um, yeah, it's 500 rand a ticket, so we, we're encouraging everybody to come down and have a good time on the beach. It's lots of fun. And, um, yeah, I think in, in terms of awareness campaigns, we've, we've just launched a, a 42-meter-long billboard in Johannesburg uh, with DJ Fresh as our, our face um, for the campaign. But it's all about life's about choices sometimes. And it talks about DJ Fresh who had a choice. And it, there's a picture of a young black patient, that, and it basically says, Tulani didn't. So Tulani didn't have a choice. You know, he was diagnosed and he passed away with leukemia. And people out there have choices. They have a choice to become a donor. And our patients don't have those. They don't even have the luxury of choices. So that's the the awareness campaign that we're starting at the moment. And it's going to be kicking off across South Africa with various billboard sites, uh, various ambassadors getting behind it. So it's quite exciting. So keep a lookout. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. Well, you know, I really think you're doing a great job. Your marketing is 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 really really switched on, and and you know you you you've reached a lot of people. And as you know, this is a global show, and yes. and so um, yeah, I'd, I'm just uh, I really hope that something comes out of it. And I know your organisation is international, so let's let's hope that through this through this show, um, you know, we we. Uh, we we reach people out there and 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 so we come to the end now and I'm going to say Taryn thank you so much for all your wonderful input and your wonder, and your wonderful energy and I wish you and yours and your organisation uh, absolutely onwards and upwards in the fantastic work that you're doing and thank you thank you Heather thank you for everything that you do too oh, thank you.